This is a Woodside Church podcast. Good morning. Nice to see you all. Uh, my son plays for Luton Town, so I've been following Luton Town of late. And yesterday they beat Crystal Palace. So please, when Martin gets back, remind him for us. God has been speaking to us since we came in this morning. And it's not by accident that we are here this morning. And I pray that as we look into his word, he will continue to speak to us. Today we conclude our series on Romans 8. It has been a wonderful series. I don't know about you, but I've really enjoyed it. So it's been a seven-part series And today we bring it to the end. And so I'm going to do a very quick recap of what we've covered so far. And then we go into the last few verses to bring this series to a close. But before we do that, let's share a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for your presence this morning. And reminding us that you are the God of the valleys, the God of the mountains. You are a good God who is always with us. And that no matter what life throws at us, you are a God who loves us. As we go into your word, we pray that you speak to us, you continue to touch us, your Holy Spirit will convict us and encourage us through your word. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Amen. So Romans is a book that was written by Paul. So I'll do a very quick recap. And Paul wrote this book from Corinth in Greece. Now, in the summer, I had the privilege of going to Athens, so we took the opportunity to actually go to Corinth to see where Paul had walked before and actually wrote this uh, book of Romans. And there's a picture, if that can come up. Now, on the top left is a place they call the Bima, And according to history, this was where Paul had to defend his faith for preaching to the Jews in Corinth. So in Corinth, he stayed with uh, Aquila and Priscilla. And there was a big Jewish population. So he was preaching to them. He got accused. He was put before Gallio to defend uh, his faith. But Gallio did not convict him. And from Corinth, what he decided to do there was to focus on preaching to the Gentiles. In Corinth, there were also Gentiles. And you can read the whole story in Acts chapter 18. 
And so from Corinth, he was looking forward to visiting Rome. He's never been to Rome. None of the apostles at that time had actually been to Rome. And so he wrote Romans as an introduction, defending his faith in preparation to visiting Rome in future. Paul was intelligent, articulate, and committed to his calling. And when you read Romans, it's like a a skilled lawyer. Mind you, Paul also trained as a lawyer. And he presented the case for the gospel very clearly. In Romans 1, verse 16, it says that, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. So Romans is a really good book if you really want to understand the gospel, if you really want to understand the basis of our faith. Now, this series that we've been looking at has been based on Romans chapter 8. And in Romans chapter 8, we've been looking at the life, our new life in Christ. And there are many truths that have come out of this series. So I'll quickly mention them. First, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Paul was saying, yes, we live in the flesh. We sometimes fall into sin, but there is no condemnation. That the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. We have been adopted into God's family as hers. And that also comes with a price in that we also share in his sufferings. We patiently wait for the hope of our salvation. And that hope is that one day our bodies will be redeemed. Our bodies will be transformed. There will be no more sickness. There will be no more death. That is what we look forward to. And then we also saw that the Spirit intercedes for us, even in our weaknesses. And then last week, it was about God causing all things to work for our good, even in challenging situations. Today, we are looking at the last bit, Romans chapter 8, 35 to 39. And it's entitled, He Loves Us. And so I'll read Romans 8, 35 to 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us 
from the love of God. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Paul is primarily focusing on the love of Christ. The love that God has for us. And in this very short passage, he mentions love three times. You know, God is a God of love. He has wonderful plans for us. But that does not mean that it's going to be trouble-free or pain-free. And you see, sometimes the challenges and the circumstances around us challenges the truth of God's word. In the midst of difficulties, in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our suffering, we sometimes struggle to hold on to the truth in God's word. You see, when things are going all right, when all the blessings are coming, when you are feeling good, it's easy sometimes to appreciate the truth in God's word, to appreciate the goodness of God. But when you are going, you are walking through some dark places in difficult times, sometimes it becomes very difficult. And there are many lies and untruths that the devil then brings into mind. And I'm going to mention just three of them. The first one is that good Christians do not suffer. And the fact that I'm suffering means that I've done something wrong and I'm not good enough. And that keeps coming into our minds. The second one is that suffering proves that God does not love us. Why will God of love, a good God, allow so much suffering in my life? And the devil brings that thought that God does not love us. And sometimes we also feel that our suffering is bigger than the power of Christ. You see that mountain that Sharon was talking about. And you feel, oh, this is too big. Yes, God has done some few things in the past, but this one is too big. These are lies that comes into our minds. I want to remind you this morning that no matter what you are facing, we can rest in the truth. And that truth is that we are secure in the love of Christ. And nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. So that is me done. Sermon finished. (laughs) We are secure in the love of Christ. And nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Let's unpack this a bit. So what do we actually mean by the love of Christ? 1 John 4, 9 and 10, it says that this is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. 
Not that we loved God, but he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So when we talk of the love of Christ, when we talk of this love, is God coming in human form to die for us. And you see, he loved us first when we couldn't even love him. And he sent his son to die for us. John chapter 15 verse 13 says that greater love has no one than this. To lay down one's life for one's friends. And so this is what the love of Christ is all about. Earlier on in Romans, Romans 5, 5 and 8. Paul also says that, and hope does not put to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. So God pours his love through the Holy Spirit. He says, God pours his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And then Romans 5, 8, he says that, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. That whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So these verses demonstrate the love of God and what it really means. The love that we are talking of here. And it's beautiful to see the Trinity at work demonstrating the love of God. So God the Father sends. The Son comes in the form of the flesh to die on the cross for us. And the Holy Spirit comes to indwell in us. And you see, the Holy Spirit is a a deposit, almost telling us what is to come one day. So do you want to know if God loves you? In difficult times, do you want a proof that God still loves you? That proof is the Holy Spirit that is indwelling you. So in difficult times, when it's become very difficult, just cry out to God and say, Holy Spirit, I need more of you. Bring me the strength. Give me the grace. Give me the ability to go on. Because you are in me, you are assuring me of the love of Christ. The next thing we are looking at is to answer that question, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? The word separate here means divorce, to cause a distance, to bring a distance between two things that seem to be together. And here, Paul lists seven common troubles that we go through. Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, and sword. And Paul had gone through all this except the sword. And actually, he would be put to death close to Rome. Rome. 
So Paul is asking, what can separate us from the love of Christ? And he lists all those things that we see there. Now, Paul is not just talking from theory. He's talking from experience. And when we read of Paul's experience in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 23 to 28, it's a resume of Paul's suffering. He was whipped with 39 lashes five times. He was beaten with rods three different times. He was pelted with stones. Three times he experienced shipwreck. He was adrift at sea one night, one day. Constantly on the move, many journeys. There were danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from his own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false believers. Even as he labored to spread the gospel, there were people from within who were opposing, toil and hardship, sleepless nights, hungry and going thirsty very often, cold and naked, and the pressure of anxiety for all the churches. Paul cared so much about all the churches that he was looking after, and it brought anxiety sometimes. And in verse 38, Paul says that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. The first point here is death cannot separate us from the love of Christ. In this life, once we remain on this earth, death is a great separator. Death destroys fellowship. It separates loved ones. And I pray that the Holy Spirit who lives in us will bring comfort to you. If you are going through the pain of separation from loved ones. But that is life. In this life, death brings separation. Death separates the soul from the body. You see, in marriage, it's said, till death do us part. Death brings so much separation. But the truth is that death, even death, cannot separate us from the love of Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, Paul says that we are confident, I say, and will prefer to be away from the body and be at home with the Lord. So what Paul is saying is that when I am away from this body, I am present with the Lord. So as children of God, death cannot separate us from the love of Christ. 
as soon as we die, we go into the presence of the Lord. And it's far better to be in the presence of God. Secondly, life cannot separate us from the love of Christ. There are times that the circumstances makes us feel as if God is far away from us, that God has forgotten all about us. And then we begin to think that perhaps we will experience this love of Christ maybe when we get to heaven. When we face stress, sickness, difficulties, we begin to question whether God loves us. In Romans 5.5, 5, it says that, And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. So even in life, through the very difficult times, when it doesn't seem like God loves you, the Holy Spirit in you should bring comfort that God loves you. And that is what the Holy Spirit does. It's there to bring comfort to us. Angels or demons cannot separate us from the love of Christ. No spiritual being, whether good or evil, can separate us from the love of Christ. You know, in the Garden of Eden, some angels went there to protect the tree of life so that Adam and Eve could no longer get close to it. You can read that in Genesis 3. Angels were sent to destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And angels passed through the Egypt to destroy all firstborns. So angels could be powerful. Demons can cause a lot of distress and oppression. But we don't need to fear angels or demons. They cannot separate us from the love of Christ. And as children of God, the devil has no power over our lives. And if you are being tormented by any spirit, you can stand on your position in Christ as a child of God. Pray and command that spirit to live and to break the power of the devil in your life. Things present cannot separate us from the love of Christ. Here, Paul is referring to our current troubles. What you are going through right now. Perhaps there is something lying ahead of you this week, this month, this year. Paul is reminding us that what you are facing today, what you are facing now, what you are going to face this week, what you are facing this month, cannot separate you from the love of Christ. Then things 
in the future. We are all anxious about the future. We don't know where this world is going. Early on in Romans chapter 8, we read about the groanings. Nature is even groaning. We ourselves, we groan. There's so much going on in this world. And we get anxious. What lies ahead? We came out of COVID. We thought, oh, yeah, now we can relax a bit. Then we had cost of living crisis, wars, Ukraine, and what is happening now in in the Middle East. And on and on and on it goes. And sometimes we get anxious. What is coming next? Paul is saying that nothing can separate us. Things in future, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And there are no powers. You know, there are some powerful people in this world. People using their power, political powers, to cause troubles, to cause pain. But no political power, no physical powers, no governments, no matter how powerful they are, will be able to separate us from the love of Christ. And then height or death cannot separate us from the love of Christ. And here Paul is talking of unfamiliar places. Sometimes we go to places. We are far away from things that we know. We are far away from familiar things. And we think that God does not love us. You see, when you are close to people you know, when you are close to familiar things, you feel more secure. But sometimes when we are far away, we don't feel that love. Psalm 139 says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. So the psalmist is saying, there is nowhere that we can go that the love of God cannot reach us. No matter how dark it gets, be rest assured that God's love can still reach you. And then finally, he says, nothing in creation can separate us from the love of Christ. I don't know about you, but maybe all the hardships that Paul went through, all that we've just talked about, maybe you are facing something that is not listed in there. 
So what Paul seemed to be saying here is, let me give you a blank sheet. In case I have not covered your struggles and your suffering, write it on this blank sheet. And beneath, I can sign and assure you that even with that, this cannot separate you from the love of Christ. That is what he's saying. There's nothing in creation. You see, creation, we have creation and the creator. And what Paul is saying is that nothing in future, no matter what happens in future, can separate us from this love. And then in verse 37, he says, we are more than conquerors. And what does it mean to be more than a conqueror? You see, a conqueror rejoices when the battle is over. When you conquer in battle, you rejoice after the battle is over. But when you are more than a conqueror, because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, you are able to rejoice in the midst of the battle. Do you see the difference? The conqueror will only rejoice at the end of the battle. But because we are more than conquerors, we are more than conquerors because of the Spirit of God that lives in us. Because we have been assured of victory, no matter what happens, we can rejoice in the midst of the battle. And that makes us more than conquerors. To bring everything to a close, three points that I want to highlight about the love of Christ. The first is that know that God loves you and nothing in this world can separate you from the love of Christ. His love is available no matter the circumstances that we are facing. The second point is that the love of Christ is unchangeable. There are many things in this world that changes, but his love never changes. In John 13 verse 1, it says that having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. I want to remind you that God is going to love you till the end. He's going to love you through your journey on this earth until you meet him face to face. And you will be in his presence forever. People may not love you. People may disappoint you. Even loved ones may disappoint you. But God is going to love you till the end. Thirdly, the love of Christ is unfailing. Isaiah chapter 49, 15 and 16. It says, can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. This is what God is saying, that he has engraved us. Nothing is going to 
separate us from the love of Christ. You see, as I was um, preparing this message, this, this whole theme of a mountain came to mind as well, Sharon. And as if God is saying, sometimes we need to climb that mountain. And even when we are climbing that mountain, his love is the rope that holds us. Just like maybe a climber, maybe the teacher is teaching someone how to climb a mountain. It's the rope that gives assurance. There may be difficulties here and there, but the rope, which is the love of Christ, is going to hold us. And therefore, even if that mountain does not move, the love of Christ, God will bring that grace to help us go through the difficult times. Brothers and sisters, this is the end of our series that we've been looking at in Christ alone. And the band will come and lead us to sing. But before we do that, let's, as they come, let's just bow our heads and reflect on some of the words that we've heard this morning. That nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Ephesians 3, 17b to 19, Paul was praying that I pray that you may have the power to all, with all of God's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Maybe you are going through difficult times and you sometimes feel that God does not love you. I want to assure you this morning that he loves you so much. And I feel sometimes it's like an umbrella. When the sun is shining, you can block the sun with an umbrella. And some of us, these untruths, we are holding on to these untruths and it's blocking the love of Christ from holding, from coming through. My prayer this morning is hold on to this truth that the Holy Spirit that lives in you is that assurance that God loves you. And don't hold on to those lies that comes from the devil. Father, we thank you so much that you've promised us that you are going to love us till the end. And that your love it's you coming onto this earth to die for us. Help us to hold on to this truth even as we journey on this earth so that no matter what happens, we will remain true to you. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.